that's in the middle of a mimer, but it's, it's its own self-contained idea here. The yes, there be, or an explanation further. The Midrash, Matsina, we find in the Midrash, Shayakov Avinu, when Yaakov went to take the brachos with trickery because he had to do so in a uh, deceptive fashion to let Yitzchak think he was Esav in order to get the brachos so when he did that his palo he davened right before he went in and this was his lashon Hatsila nafshi misafas sheker milashon remia. It's a pasuk from Tehillim, I think. It means save my soul from safas sheker's uh, false language, false lips, and from twisted and deceptive tongue. So this is very unusual. Bahadvoramad me. This is a wonder. Yaakov avinu holech lakachas es habrachos boorma. He's going in to take the brachos with trickery, because that's the only way he can get it, and, and he deserves it, or rightfully his. He has to do something. Orma means to be either cunning or crafty. Sometimes <coughs> it means wise. Belomar devorim shenirim le'inayim kishukarim. He's going to have to say words which on their superficial face value certainly appear to be false. Like Rashi learns it in different ways where <coughs> Yaakov wasn't really lying, but his his language could certainly be appear certainly appears that way on the surface. So of all Philos to say when he has to be deceptive, when he has to be tricky, to get the brachos so he says, save me from falsehood, save me from being deceptive. That, that's what he's about to go do. It is known. When a person has a, a, a challenge, a test, a nisayon, it is in order for a person to become complete and whole in their character traits in their midos. We're challenged in certain aspects of our personality so ultimately we can become a whole person. The liras and to see shehem b'shlemius that our traits are complete belishum pagan without shortcoming, without defect. It's a gradual crucible of life that we are becoming refined through. B'kol echad meha'avos each one of the Avos was therefore tested and challenged based on their primary Mida. Avraham Avinu, Avraham, he was tested, Nisnasa, the Midas HaChesed, page 88, in the realm of Chesed, that was his Mida. Liros im HaChesed Shalom, who Bishlemus Belipagam to make sure that his shlemus was complete and whole, because chesed was his midah, make sure that that chesed was shalim. Yitzchak b'midas hadin. Yitzchak avinu was tested with din, with judgment. It says that he claimed from God, he asked God for yisurim, 
for certain afflictions in life for him to bear in the realm of deed, in the realm of justice. He doesn't say what they were. The Yaakov, however, Yaakov, Nisnasa Bimidasa. Yaakov's Mida was Emes, Titan Emes Liakov. So he was tested in the trait of Emes, the Midaso Emes. Koho Inyan Sholakihas Habrachas. This test that he had in order to grab the Brachas, Hayan Nisayon Bimidaso Emes Sholakov. It was a test of his truth and of his truthfulness and his honesty. Meaning, Kiav Shishama even though he heard already from his mother Rivka that he had to go get the brachas didn't she present it in such a way that he had to because she went with going against Kibana right so she so she made it as a a, a necessity for him she said Shema B'Koli Zav listen to what I'm saying I'm commanding this to you right. that's right but still, you wouldn't listen to a parent who's telling you to do an Avera. Right, but he trusted his mother. Right. He trusted Rivka that this was the right thing to do. Even though he knew his father, you know, was going to do the Brahma thing. So. I mean, no matter how you cut it, this was a tough situation, right? <laughs> this was a really, really tough situation. So he knew from Rivka that he was obligated. The Namra Lachain Apinavua, and and Rivka re- understood this through her Navua, because at the very beginning of the partial, when she goes to find out what's going on inside of her belly, inside of her womb, and she's told that you have two nations, and the older will serve the younger. So she realizes, according to many, that Yaakov is the rightful recipient. The Navua, she she prophesies that. Kidisa, and she says, a lie. When he says to her his concern, so Rivka says to him, Your curse will be on me, my son. This is learned to mean that a lie to me, upon me, this was said in prophecy. That's why she's saying, A lie. This the whole situation here, on me. I understand what's happening here through Navua. Mikamakam still. Now he gets to his point here. What was the Nisayan of Yaakov? Hanisayan Haya Yistabekbo would be if this the degree of Shekhar that he had to get involved with, would it stick? Would it remain part of his personality? Or could he do it and walk away and be totally unaffected by it? If it would cling to him, then there's the Thessaron in his Midaso Emes. But if he need, if he can do what he needs to do, and get those brachas, and then walk out of there, and not a shred of Sheker sticks to his being, then we know that his Emes is, is true. It has no real connection to him. He had to do that based on the situation, but it had no real connection to him. Uh, it sort of brings to mind this kind of a shadow of this is what he's talking about is the quality of homeless and spirituality where uh, you know, even whatever, whatever he's engaged in doesn't stick to him. One of the most, um, and as a, as a sort of reflection of this, one of the most disturbing of encounters, it seems to me, in human life is an encounter 
with uh, with the kind of personality uh, that um, that's called sociopathic or psychopathic personality. A person who can lie and cheat with utter conviction. It's like the, uh, the, 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 the that it, it has no it has no um, it causes no ripple. It causes no uh, disruption in their in their in their being. So, in a certain sense, here you have sort of the the light and the shadow of those two qualities. Right. Here's a person who is so utterly truthful and completely truthful that when he had to engage in a lie, it didn't phase him. It phased him in in the sense that he was very very disturbed by what he had to do. This our forum tell us. You know, which is the opposite of the sociopath who could literally care less, right? Yaakov was so troubled and so bothered by this that he had to be not emistic. And he was mispalo. Even as he went in to the room with trickery, he was mispalo, save me from emis. As opposed to, well, well here's a situation I can kind of go light, you know, because I have to get the brofas anyway. So, no, you know, absolutely not. Save me from any sheker that might come out of me. Yeah, Mark. I'm just going to make a comment that Yaakov was led in the first place by oh, I was led in the first place by his mother, Rebecca. And Rebecca, he also had to wonder where she was going. Obviously, she knows both the, the two sons and everything. But um, I guess she had to consider the consequence, what could happen. You know? Yes, she did. I mean, Rifkin knew that those brothers had to go to Yaakov. So the question was how? It was not a question in her mind as to whether or not he should get there. And some also say that she knew how to deal with the Nesa because she grew up in the house of Lovin. So when Lovin's your brother, then you have a certain advantage as to how to deal with Asa. The, the, the verbiage in the Parsha seems to be almost that she doesn't even consider Asa her son. You know, it's interesting because they, you know, it says, you know, she loved. She loves Yaakov. Yaakov. Right. <laughs> it doesn't even really. It almost shows no. But it doesn't seem that, that it doesn't seem to imply almost any relationship with Esau. There are some indications that, that she does because she says mm-hmm. later with Yaakov that she wants him to run away, and she says um, that she doesn't want to lose lose him, and no, she doesn't want to lose them. She does not mm-hmm. want to lose them. So they, it's the Chachavim say that she knew that, I think they were going to die on the same day, Esau and Yaakov. And she does express concern for use, losing Yaakov and Esau. It, do, it does peek out that there's some motherly feeling for her son Esau. Did they die on the same day? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, but do you have different information, Lisa? What did I say? Saying, no, they died on different days, but they, they were buried, buried on the same day. Buried on the same day. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. That's the story when when they're going to bury bury him in Asa, Asa blocks the entrance to the pelvis. And he gets his head. And, and, uh, and they, they show the the deed. I think it's Asher that runs back to the shrine. I'm telling. Yeah. And then one of the one of the was it Asher then that, that cuts off the head of Asa and Asa? I think and it was Hushim. Hushim Ben Dun. Yeah. Somebody Hushim Ben Dun cuts Asa's head off and it rolls into the. Uh, 
on the Arabs. That's the Shia by itself, right? The Arabs. Right. The Arabs. Yeah. Okay. So the the Nisayan was with the Shekhar that he had to involve himself with with his stick. Kiaf should srichin lefamim lihishtamesh boorma kadelan atzeaf esayeta. Even though sometimes a person has to use trickery in order to overcome the powers of evil in the world, and in this world of falsehood, sometimes a person has to use deceit in order to conquer evil. Right? And that's a very, very delicate thing as to how to do that. One has to be extremely careful that that amount of deceit or falsehood does not in any way become part of your being, part of your personality, that it doesn't stick. Because when a person is dealing with an asaph or a lovan, it may be that the only way to defeat them is through, is through shakir, is through their... And you don't have to give up your life for that. You don't have to die before you lie or before you act in a way which is deceptive. But it can't stick, right? Because if it sticks, then in the other areas of our life where we absolutely must be honest in all respects, you know, we'll find a way to fudge a little bit, cheat it a little bit. If it sticks to our being, then it's no longer really in our control so much. This was Yaakov Nisayon, was he removed enough from Sheker that it wouldn't stick to him. So therefore, Yaakov Davin, before he went in, Hatsila Nafshi, save my soul, right? Don't let this become a part of my being, HaKadosh Baruch I know what I have to do, but save my neshama. Don't, don't let this become a part of me. Misfa Sheker, from the fact that I have to use language of deceit. Nafshi daika, this bedavka his lashon is save my spirit, save my soul. Shalo yudabek hasheker benafsho, so that this falsehood will not become part of my nefesh. V'shalo yihi yaloshum hasheker, and that he shouldn't have any benefit from having to lie whatsoever. It's like he's going into it and not even enjoying it, not getting anything out of it except what he has to do. And, and really deriving no sense of Hanoah from that involvement at all. It's a really a, a tremendous madrega. You know, sometimes a person does something wrong and they realize they're doing something wrong. Well, but it feels pretty good, you know. <laughs> so Yaakov's going in there and he has to distance, distance himself from the Shekhar as an experience and also as an emotion, not to allow himself to be attached. He said a thought about that, but in a certain sense, Yitzchak loved Esav Kitzayit Befit because he had gained his mouth and Avidayal learns earlier from the Arizal Kitzayit Befit refers to the fact that he had a capacity for Kedusha just in his mouth but the problem with Esav was it didn't become part of him so in a certain sense this is the challenge for Yaakov that he has to have have his 
Very nice. If you think that if one has enough guilt about what they're doing, then that'll take away any enough from it. Right. <laughs> Although sometimes the guilt can work against you, you know. If a person has conviction against what they're doing, then they can they can get by here and not let it stick. But guilt can sometimes bring a person into such feelings of low self-esteem that they become vulnerable to all kinds of you know, negative emotions. But that's, that's not yeah, right. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you have to have enough opposition to what you're saying and enough remorse about it, you know, not to let, not to let it get become part Harata of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Harata. Okay, a little Ula Yimusheni Avi Kimisatea. So Yaakov says to Rivka, his mother, maybe my father will feel me and I will be in his eyes like a someone who's misleading him. He's afraid that Yaakov would feel his, uh, Yitzchak would feel his flesh, you know, this is an Esau, you know, he's a, a hairy guy, this guy's smooth. Vamar Hagra. So the, go, the Gaon of Vilna says, Kiesh Chiluk Bedikduk Ben Tevas Pen Tevas Ulai. That there is a difference in grammar between the word pen, which in English we usually translate as lest, and ulai, which means perhaps. Right, now Yaakov's lashon is ulai, perhaps my father will touch me, and I will be a, a misleading person in his eyes. Ki ulai humilashon halavai, because the word ulai, perhaps, is related to the word halavai, it means that you really want it to happen. Yes. When you're saying perhaps, ulai means I really hope that this, perhaps it will happen, I really hope it will happen. That's ulai. Masha'in came pen, as opposed to the word pen, lest, hu that means the person is saying, I don't want this to happen. Perhaps it will happen, but I really don't want it to happen. Lest this should happen, please. So Yaakov said, Ulai, maybe wishing my father will feel me. What do you mean? He, he's hoping to get exposed in his deception? He was saying that Halavai, that my father should touch my skin and find out who I am. Why? Shehoyan mispalo humavakesh mehashem yispora sheyitzchak yira shemishakir v'shezei Yaakov v'lo That he was hoping Yaakov would find out who he was and therefore it wouldn't be a sheker anymore. It wouldn't be lying anymore. I hope my father finds out and I'll be ex exposed and revealed, and then no, no more sheker. That's how opposed. Right. <laughs> right. To, to really, you know, let someone know who you are, right? No more lies, not living the lie anymore. Right. And that he wouldn't have to be mishaker anymore. As the Midrash says, when Yaakov went into Yitzchak, he was completely humble and his heart was broken. He had a broken heart that he had to do this. 
And he did this because he had to. Because Rivka commanded him to do this based on her nevuah. All this was part of his test. When he was able to do this and use the sheker to the extent that it was needed, and that sheker didn't stick to him, and he had no benefit from it, and he truly did not want to do that, that showed that his MS was absolute, and now he could get the brachas. So what he's saying here in this last step is really, in order for Yaakov to get the brachos, his MS had to be so clear and complete, and it was only that nisayon that completely clarified how pure it was, and now he could get the brachas. So going into that room and proving out his devotion to truth made him a worthy recipient of the brothers. Yet if he hadn't done that, they would have given the brachas to Esau, <laughs> who was, uh, no question, unworthy. It yeah, I, I learned the Torah from the Ishbitzer where he says, yeah. you know, but, but that was sort of the idea of, uh, uh, that why do we give a person a bracha? We give it a little bracha when they need to get a lift. And that was sort of Yaka, uh, one, one approach to, to Yitzvah's, you know, the Cheshman. What, what right. did the bracha entitle him to? What did it entitle him to? Yeah, as opposed to the birthright several years ago. Right. The, uh, let me read it from the Chumash, okay? Will you hand me that mark? It has to do with the benefits of heaven and the benefits of earth. You know, the bracha that Yitzhak ultimately gives to Yaakov, which seemingly, you know, could have gone to Esau. But let's, let's take a look at the Lashon here. Okay. Hashem should give mital from the dew of heaven. Now this is understood to mean really more spiritual because it mentioned, sh- mentioned Shemayim. By, by Esav it, it, start, it, it only says, right, it mentions Oretz. Umishmane ha'oretz, and from the fat of the earth, v'rov dogon v'sirosh, and a lot of grain and a lot of wine. Yavdu amin, the nations shall serve you. V'ishtachavu l'chala umin, they will bow to you. You will be more powerful than your brother. So him, having that go to Esau's hands would have been dangerous. The children of your mother will bow down to you. Those who curse you will be cursed. Those who bless you will be blessed. And so that, that would have been, you know, uh, dangerous. Very dangerous in Esau's hands. Now what some of the Meforshim say is that these brachas that Yaakov got had to do with synthesizing Gashmias and Ruchmias. But that's what a Jew has to do. And that our, our physical and our spiritual go hand in hand. And that's really the Yiddish Azaf. So why would Esav want that? Why would Esav want that? It seems to me that he wanted the power of that. He wasn't interested in synthesizing and joining his physical and spiritual life. It could be a life. further deception. Right. 
when you know that secret of how to do that and how much that does for you, and you misuse that, then then that's really dangerous. With that in right. <coughs> if you use something good for harmful uh, ends, that, that becomes very destructive for society. This way? No, I'm just following. <laughs> and the birthright gave him, besides giving him a double portion, and right. what did that give him? I'm outside of the double portion, I'm not sure. When he had the Bethora, I'm not sure what the birthright was, why Yaakov wanted that so badly. The, uh, the right to didn't perform the service or yeah, like right, didn't give him the right to perform to bring yes. korbanos yes. So it sure. was related to avoda because the Bafaros had that uh, role before the Levine right. later on right. so he had that her. role right. but I don't believe that the brothos going to Asad had they would have, ta- would have taken the line of Judaism away from Yaakov this wasn't about whether or not you are who carries on the Jewish people. That was Yaakov from a Pesach in the Torah, big Yitzvah, part of Yitzvah, meaning Yaakov. But it would have given Esau some extra strength and some extra power. And as Hilly says, there's an Orachayim also along the same lines, that Yitzchak wanted to give the Brachas to Esau because he felt maybe they would bring him to do tshuva. And he thought Yaakov didn't need that. Yeah, I heard something like that. You know, here Aesop embodies you know, physical, on, you know, and if he can have him, if he can give him the bracha and have him do both, boy, how great that what would great be. What great power yeah. that would be. Because we know Yaakov just sits in his tent and learns, he doesn't right. have the physical, you know, so right. it's well, not that he needs it, but if he had to combine in one, boy, that would be something. Right. That just one more thing, um, what's, uh, what's amazing to me also is how dramatically Yaakov's life was changed after this point. Up until now, he was Ishtam Yoshev Oholi. He was the pure person who sat in the tents of Torah. And after the brachos, the rest of his life, you know, was misery, Loveland, Esau, Dina is raped, Yosef is sold. After this point, after this point, Yaakov's life changes dramatically. So the brachos, seems that they gave him the ability to deal with the world and to overcome the misionos of the world. Up until that time, Yaakov was not having to get involved in that. But that, the advantage of the brothers gave him his... Which was when the world comes into his tent in the form of Asa. And that that seems to me the the only way any of this could have happened was if uh, when the world comes into his tent, when he's cooking, when he's cooking stew, uh, that 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 he 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 affirms uh, uh, that uh, his his right, he affirms what's right. He makes an action. Right. So it seems to me that if he hadn't done that, uh, if he hadn't done that, then it wouldn't have been really possible for Rivka to uh, to have mobilized him in that way. There has to, you know, like we look in many places that. The idea that the person has to do something first mm-hmm. before, in a certain sense, mm-hmm. they can, uh, brachas can rest the can be found. Okay. So, so that 
these tests then became a foundation for for all of us because he had to go because he changed and everything had to be dealt with and all the he had to deal with all this and he could do it and he's and, and he and everything so he put that koach into our neshamah so even now we're benefiting from yes. that yeah whatever happened to the makeup of the neshamahs of the avos that went into the soul of the jewish people and we needed that that's what we needed it and it became part of our makeup Okay. Let's to finish this up. So he says again that he wanted Yitzchak to find him out. He wouldn't have to be be mishaka. They wouldn't have to be dishonest. And when he was when he was <coughs> successful in this, he got the brachas. The Yaakov Omad Bahanusayon Shelo Asazos Ella Behefret Mehefret. Yaakov, he stood up to this challenge, and he did it only out of compulsion. It says that when Yaakov went into the tent that his knees were buckling. And two angels had to support him so he wouldn't fall over. Right. Now it's not, it's not because of the fear of Yitzchak, right, which is what it seems like as, as the fear of Shakir. It's the fear of wine. Now, once Yaakov got the brachas, the avoda of overcoming the challenges in the world that was kind of intertwined with the brachas, now that's Yaakov's avoda. As soon as the brachas were over and he got them, Yaakov had to go into exile. His mother said, Esav Hesu is going to kill you, you have to go, you have to leave. It's similar to what we were just saying. That now the exile too, of really going out there, being dispersed and scattered, and bringing Kedusha to those places, and confronting evil and overcoming evil, that all became now part of Yaakov's avoda. Before that he was Yoshev Oholi, now he's got to go out into the world and live this out. Like you're saying, Bruce, as occurred to the Avos, so it occurs to the children. Now Yaakov began to go out into the four exiles. To fix and to conquer evil. He paved the way in doing this and how to survive and overcome. Uh, difficult challenges in exile. He paved that path for his children, Acharav, Tashur Yisboer, the Parshios Havoim, as we will explain in the coming Parshas. Thank you.